Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you guys are here with us today. Trust everybody had a great Thanksgiving uh, holiday last week. Got to eat your weight in turkey or whatever it is that you guys eat uh, for Thanksgiving. I know every family's different. I know we, if we eat turkey on Thanksgiving, we will have something different at Christmas. You know what I mean? Uh, only so much turkey you can handle. Uh, but uh, we actually had the privilege. In fact, today is my grandmother's. We went, we had, we had uh, uh, Thanksgiving with my grandmother uh, at my uncle's house, um, but today is her 103rd birthday, today, today, so we love you, Grandma, we love you, <laughs> and so I don't think she watches the service, so we'll, someone else will just have to tell her that, you know, Darian, my name's Darren to her, are you ready for, okay, are you ready for this? I'm going I'm to bring this up right here and right now. We're going to settle something right here. People, people hear my parents refer to me, like if you're in the hallway or in the lobby. If you hear my mother call my name, she will call me Darren. She will call me. That's what she named me, Darren, when I was, when I was a baby. But she spelled it. Darian, okay, on the birth certificate. And it was my first grade teacher who corrected her and said, um, well, Darian in class today is doing really good. And she's like, no, his name's Darren. And she's like, well, you didn't spell it, Darren. You spelled it Darian. And so this has been an ongoing debate for 51 years, okay? 51 years. We actually had staff meetings over this topic uh, because even in Topeka, Tyra would call me because that's what my name is, Darren, right? So she would call me Darren. Uh, and then, you know, everybody here at Your Place Church, you know, they know me as Darian because I finally had enough and I changed my own name. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't have to do anything legal. Nope, because it was already spelled Darian, okay? So, so anyway, why did you bring all that up? Is because I was actually, because my grandma, again, she's, you know, 103 years old, had to get down, and uh, she's a little, she can't see as good as she used to, and so she's like, well, who is that? And I said, and for the first time, I had to refer myself to as, as Darren, because that's the way she knows me, and it just, I felt like I was introducing her to a, just a completely different person, but it was fun. We had a great time. I know several of our church is traveling today. Uh, traveling home. Um, several people went to visit grandma or aunts or uncles, cousins, nearest kin. And so several people, I'll just look right into that camera and say, welcome. Glad you guys are with us today. Super excited that you've joined in to part three of our There Is More series. And uh, we've been talking about the blessing given to Abraham during this series. And if you were with us last week, we got very specific, or specific, no, specific. And God told Abraham, I will bless your family. I will make your name great. I will bless you abundantly. And then we saw that in, in Genesis chapter 13, what exactly God's definition of abundantly is. In fact, week one, we talked about it also. And then he said, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And then he said, you will be a blessing. And today, for today's message, I want to flip that coin just a little bit. Yes, God wants to bless us, but there is a, there is a purpose behind that blessing. Can I have an amen, someone? 
There is a purpose behind that blessing. I don't know about you, but I want my life on earth to count. I want to make a difference. And I knew early on as Darren that my life was meant for purpose. I, I did. I, I, I knew I wanted to make a difference in the world I lived in. Um, we already, um, we're all already hardwired to make a difference. And not only to desire to make a difference, but to actually make a difference. We're all hardwired to do that already on the inside of every single one of us. If we could stop and we could pause and we could really take an evaluation or a survey of what really makes us pound our fist against the desk, it's because we want to make a difference in the world we live in. And there is a motivation that the Bible uses over and over again. And it's a motivation that once you get it, that once you possess it, it actually changes. This motivation in life changes how we live here on earth. In fact, this motivation is the answer to a lot of what you and I are facing in this world we live in. And this motivation is pretty simple. And it's simply this. There is more to this life than just this life. Are you with me? I'm going to say it again. There is more to this life than just this life. And the more is heaven. It is eternity. And, you know, there'll be people a a, a lot. I, I catch this a lot. How come we don't talk more about heaven and hell? Because I feel like my job is to reach, connect, and equip people to live what they believe, right? And so, but there are times when I do feel like I need to pause and just kind of talk about something that we all have in our future. And it's this thought that we have such a small window of time that if we can live right now, it makes such a huge difference then. Does this make sense, friends? The Bible talks more about eternity as the motivation to live life in the here and now. We're familiar with scriptures. Uh, Store up your treasures in heaven, right? And when When we have this hope of heaven, it changes everything, even here on earth. In fact, 96% of the people surveyed believe there is something that happens after this life. They may not know what it is, but they actually believe in an afterlife. And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. What does that mean? I believe down on the inside of every single person that is born on the planet, there is this homing beacon on on the inside that is going off that is drawing people to the presence of God. It's drawing people to heaven. It's drawing people to him. And again, some people have, have muted it. Some people have tried to get rid of it. Some people believe it doesn't exist, but it's there. It's there. In fact, we all can go back to a time when we felt that beacon flash at once, the very first time. I can remember I was very little, and we had a little neighborhood Sunday school, backyard Sunday school thing going on. 
And my little friends who lived around the corner invited me to a, a backyard Sunday school thing. And I can remember hearing the message of Jesus for one of the very first times that I remember. And something on the inside of me went boop. Like, it was like this, there's something about, and I was just a little guy. And I think we all remember a time when that, that homing beacon went off on the inside of it, of us, because God is drawing us to him. Why? Because of eternity. And it makes sense that Jesus and the writers of the Bible would use heaven as a place of motivation. In fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, Paul says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. It's so uncertain. But to put their hope in God. Put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our, not just need, enjoyment. He provides everything for our enjoyment. In other words, Paul is telling Timothy to tell the people in his church, because Timothy was a young pastor, tell the people in your church, listen, tell the people in your church who are rich, because you probably won't have to tell the others, because they're not looking forward to staying here anyway. They're kind of ready to just go on home. You know what I mean? In fact, you know, our, 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 my grandma's generation, um, they remember doing laundry on a washboard, right? You had the hot, the bucket of hot water and you had the bucket of cold water. And I can still remember my grandma hanging out the laundry out to dry on the clothesline, right? They, they longed for a better day. And we have modern conveniences today, but more specifically, people who are wealthy, you have to be careful not to just assume this is as good as it gets because there's so much more. So Paul tells Timothy, you're going to have to tell those guys who have some stuff, tell the rich people in this present world to put their hope in God. Can I just say this? If you're wealthy and you live in America, so you're probably a lot more wealthier than you think because most of this world survives on a I think it's like a dollar 40 or like that something like that a dollar 40 a week or something is what is what most of the world survives on. And so we're wealthy whether we realize it or not. But he's saying this, if you're wealthy, you're wealthy for a reason. That's what he's saying. Then he brings it all back to heaven, and he starts to talk about how we're to lay up treasures in a real age. In other words, this present age that we're living in, it's a, it's, it is here, and it's real, and I can pinch myself, and it hurts, right? And we deal with stuff on an everyday basis, but there is something that we're living towards that is actually more real than this present age. Does that make sense, friends? And once you realize that the coming age is the life you're building, you'll live this life differently. You'll live this life differently. And I want to help us all today see the importance of the life that is to come. Because friends, there is more. There is more than what we just see right here in this world. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord, we do know 
that there is more. And Father, I've got a lot to share today. And Lord, I'm praying that you would just lead me and guide me today. This is a special day in the life of your place, church. And I want to, I want to, I, I don't want to just blast through some things trying to get to a certain point in my message and miss what you want to do and miss what you want to say. So Father, I purposely and intentionally slow myself down, pause, and allow you to speak through me, Father God, to your people. And Holy Spirit, I would ask that you would minister life, that you would, you would share with every single one of us exactly what we need to hear today, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us. Father God, that we would grow to become more like Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So why would we direct our lives to or towards eternity? The Bible says this in John chapter 14. And he starts telling a story that basically heaven, not earth, is our home. And one of the best things that we can help you understand is though you feel like you're living here, this is not your home. You're just passing through. And contrary to popular belief, we all will live forever. All of us get to live forever. Good news! You get to live forever. You just get to choose where you spend eternity at. And in John chapter 14, Jesus begins saying, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. Uh, if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. You know how to get there, Jesus is saying. And then later he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can get to the Father unless they come through me. And this is why serving Jesus and having Jesus in our heart is one of the biggest things that we can do because no, you can't just get to heaven by being a good person. You've got to come by way of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And often when people come to Jesus with, with an earth problem, he directs them to an eternal solution. The real solutions in our life are not here, they're there. And the better we have it, the more we think that this is all we need. Listen, Paul said this, listen, I've, I've had stuff and I've been, I've been in want and... Uh, I can just tell you right now, it's better being with Jesus. And I think a lot of us in the room, we can hold up our hands. There's been seasons of plenty and there have been seasons of lack. But Jesus is the answer to all of it. And then he goes into Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, or I'm going there. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again with tears, many, look at this, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. He says their mind 
is set on earthly things. But then he corrects him. Guys, you need to understand, our citizenship isn't here. It's in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Paul said that their God is their stomach. And this is talking about a lot of different things. It's talking about self-indulgence. And listen, there is nothing wrong with you having stuff. I think we've proved that over the last couple of weeks during this series. But to so many, Paul says their God is their stomach and what they want because they're hungry for more. They just want more. They just want more. They just, they just want more because their mind is on, according to Scripture, earthly things. And then he corrects us. Listen, guys, your citizenship is in heaven. Be thinking about heaven. The second reason we need to refocus our sights, especially right now during the holidays, we need to refocus our sights, our passions on heaven, is the line, go with me, is longer than the dot. The line is longer than the dot. Randy Alcorn wrote in his book, The Treasure Principle, And he makes this case uh, that the fact that we're living in, we're living in the dot. Do we have that? The little dot illustration? Did it not come up? We're, We're living in the dot, but we're headed to the line. And the dot is your life. But the line is eternity. And our life right now, the Bible talks about this life right now being like a vapor and it just lasts for a second. Your life is the dot. It's both small and finite, but we're headed to the line, which is long and infinite. And it only makes sense that you wouldn't pour everything you have into the dot, but that you would pour everything you are, you have into the line. Last week, I took you to Hebrews chapter 11, and we talked about it being the faith chapter. And these were people who were commended because of their faith. But every single one of them weren't living for the dot. They were living for the line. In fact, Hebrews 11 verse 16 and said, Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. For who? For the people longing for a better place, longing for a better country. Amen. Even as some um, people have taught along these lines, there's some bad teaching out there about heaven. Like some people believe that when we get heaven to heaven, we're going to be fat cherubs, you know, sitting on a you know, little fat baby cherub, sitting on a cloud, strumming a harp. Friends, that's hell, okay? That's what that is. That's, that's, not, that's not heaven, okay? In fact, never in Scripture do you see an angel portrayed as a little fat baby with wings. Every time in Scripture when you see an angel portrayed, uh, people are on their knees sucking dirt, begging for their life, okay? Like they are mighty, mighty dudes. Um, but we're not going to be angels, We're going to be you and I. 
And we're going to spend eternity in heaven. And here's the thing. We're not just going to spend the whole eternity in heaven because the Bible talks about how he's going to build and create a new heaven and a new earth. We actually come back to the earth and spend wow, years. And again, years in God's time are different than ours. And it's going to be perfect. It's going to have the perfect temperature. 75 and sunny the whole time. That's just my, in my opinion, that's, you know, 75 and sunny is the perfect temperature. Some of you guys, you're like, no, 60. Some of you guys are like 40. You're weird. But anyway, it's like some people just dig it. And I'm convinced your part of heaven will be great for you. No more traffic on 71st Street during the holidays. Amen? Come on. The Krispy Kreme hot light is always on in heaven. Amen? Like you can always go get you a free donut. All right? But we have to get a better view of heaven. We got to get a better view. We're going to a city that's waiting for you. And we think it's waiting for other people and they're just going to let us in. No, 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 no. Heaven is waiting for you. God has prepared a place for you. And I'm going to go ahead and redirect my life towards that. I'm not going to focus so much of my life on the dot because the line is where we spend the bulk of our existence. So I'm going to focus my time, my talents, how God's wired me, and my resources to that. Which brings me to the third reason why we need to refocus our sights and passions on heaven. And that's because there's limited time here on earth, but an incredible opportunity to be a blessing. God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and you will be a blessing. But not everyone has an incredible opportunity. In fact, it is reserved for a very small group of people. And most of those people, I'm just going to tell you, live in the United States of America because we are still one of the most prosperous countries in the world. America is still sending people into the mission field and into ministry more than any other country. Now, the Bible and Christianity is on the rise at a faster rate in other countries than it is in America, but we're still sending more people, by and large, into the missions field. And I'm just going to be honest. I wake up every single day with this reality. I'm 51 years old, and I wake up knowing that I'm right smack dab Not just in the middle of God's will for my life, but I'm in the middle of my life. I've spent most of my prime years building, 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 building. And I realize now that my goal is to finish, 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 and finish well. Finish strong. When I get to the line and I stand before my heavenly father, I don't want him to roll the reel of things I should have done. I want him to roll the reel of things that I did and him go, thank you. You did it. You did exactly what I called you to do. Enter into my rest. Well done, Darren. (laughs) 
Actually, I'm convinced I have a heavenly name that we can't even pronounce. <laughs> well done, and he'll say it, and I'm going to be like, oh, that's it, that's it, that's it. Enter in. Enter in. Enter into my rest. Does this make sense, friends? But we only have a limited time to do that. And that time is now. But there's never been a better opportunity than now to do it. We as a community of believers are making the biggest impact that we ever have on the foster care community in the state of Oklahoma. We're doing that. We're, we're sowing into that. We're giving into that. We're doing the, the festivals again. We're one of the largest contributing churches that is funding conduit missions and One Hope Ministries in the world. We're building churches and orphanages and we're getting the word of God into the hands of children all over the world. That's what we're doing. Amen. Amen. We're planting churches through the ARC, which is the Association of Related Churches. And, and they have just, they've just in the last few, since, since basically in the past 23 years, since 2000, we have planted 1,097 life-giving churches all over the nation, not counting the world, all over the nation. Your place church has personally been involved with over 900 of those church plants. 900. You guys. You guys have planted those. But one of the things that we are the most excited about is the Your Place Resource Center. Amen. Come on. Last July, if you're new with us at church, last July, we launched an initiative. I'm sorry, my family is blowing up my phone, and so I have to take my watch off because they all joke during my services. Last July, we launched an initiative here in Mays County to meet the basic needs of our county. If it's food that you're needing, we have partners that can help you. If it's addiction that you need to get set free from, we can help you. If it's a place to stay to get out of the cold, we can help you. If they need to get their life in order so they can get their kids back, we can help you. Amen. If they need basic life skills, we can help you. If you need a job, a ride, a place to live, something to eat, counseling, life coaching, we have access to help you, amen, to resources all over, all over this county and state and really the world. We're tapping into now just nationwide uh, resources that are available to help people. On Monday nights with Recovery 360, we had, an, we had the privilege of attending one this month. They had 71 people who were going through recovery from some sort of an addiction in attendance at that, on that Monday night. Amen. Nine of them, nine of them went public with their faith in baptism. It was amazing. A lot, of, a lot of people don't know this, but Cherokee Nation is now getting behind what we're doing, and they are paying the salaries of, of two people to work full-time with the Resource Center right now. They're like, hey, just go volunteer. 
Go volunteer. Be a part. We believe in what's going on over there. We initially trained around 30-some people to be coaches to walk people through these things, and we've already got seven others that are waiting to be trained to do this very same thing. We've started an emotionally healthy spirituality training. Amen. We've got 12 people going through financial peace right now. Nobody taught them how to balance a checkbook. Nobody taught them that you're supposed to actually save money. Nobody taught us these things. Uh, I was talking to an individual earlier. I mean, there's a generation of people, they don't even know, like, I tuck my shirt in intentionally today just so you know I can do it. <laughs> but there is, there's a group of people, they don't even know how to tuck in a shirt. They don't, they don't know how to tie a, a tie, which again, that's, that's not as important um, in our culture, but in some cultures it is. Some areas of business it is. Um, we are drug court approved, and, and drug court is actually referring people to our P360 initiative. Amen. Amen. We're, we're consistently helping over 50 people at a time, and we're showing a 90% success rate in helping people find employment and bettering their lives. That's a big number. That's a big number. And just in the last few weeks, we have seen over 45 people say yes to a relationship with Jesus. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Why am I saying all of this? Because I'm telling you, it's working. It's working. And every year in the month of December, we receive an offering about middle of the month, and 100% of it goes away to organizations just like this who are making a difference to heaven who are populating heaven, who are helping people find purpose. And this year's offering is on December the 17th. We don't keep any of the offering. All of it goes out. It all goes to some of these organizations. But there is something else that we're going to be doing with that offering. There is more for your place, church, friends. There is more. The vision for the Resource Center is picking up speed at a rate that I did not, um, I underestimated. I underestimated the need in our state. And I for sure underestimated the need in our county. And so what they have the ability to do presently is limited. But we have an opportunity, go with me, to purchase a facility. Stick with me. I can't tell you about the facility right now. We are in negotiations with the owners of the facility, but I will tell you this, it's gonna be perfect. It's going to be perfect for your place, church. And don't go to my staff and say, hey, what's the building? What's the facility? What, what? I haven't even told my staff the facility, all right? There's a handful of people who know what I'm talking about and where the future home of the Your Place Resource Center is going to be. And the space that we're operating in has been great, but it's not enough. With this new space, we could actually, um, we, could, we could house uh, licensed Christian counselors. 
We could house... We could house medical, dental, and hygienic solutions for people in this space. We could do all of those things. And again, the, the space we're operating in is great. It's just right over here behind this wall, and it's our old staff offices. And they've done a great job at making them work. But it's never going to get to the vision of what God has called us to do in that space. There is more. There is more. Amen? And here's what I know. You guys are generous people. You're the reason why we have the space we have right now. is because you've always trusted God with your giving. And just like God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you will be a blessing, I believe in the next few days, weeks, and months that God is going to be funneling resources to you so he can get them through you to make a difference in the mission and vision of your place church but here's the thing you got to be willing to let that happen you got to be willing to let that happen because god if he can get it through you he can get it to you if if it gets to you and stops that's where it stops. But if he can get them through you, I'm going someplace next week. Did you know God will give you starter seed? You know what starter seed is? You know, people who want to plant a garden, you go to the, you go to the store and you buy a little packet of starter seed, right? And you get a starter tomatoes, starter okra, right? You, just, you get yourself going. But all of that, the Bible, God, the Bible talks about how God created plants and, and seed-bearing fruit to produce after itself. Once you have a crop, you have more seed. And you can eat. And I remember this with my 103-year-old grandma. She had the largest garden I've ever seen in my life. We live on the uh, 160 acres of the Oklahoma land run. She's, the, the house is still there. And like a chunk of that was her orchard in front and her garden in the back. And every year about this time, she would bring in seed for next year's harvest. And she would let things grow fat out on the, on the vine. And I would go out and I would be like, Grandma, look at that watermelon. It's huge. We should cut it. And she says, don't touch it. That's my seed for next year. Grandma, look at all this okra. We could, we could. No, don't touch it. Don't touch it. That's my seed. And it was some of the biggest fruit on the vine. But yet, every single year, she had a plenteous garden. I mean, it was abundant because she knew how to manage her seed. And I'm telling you, over the next few weeks, if you're willing, and really, it's just a heart condition, if you're willing God will bring seed to you. We're going to talk about that next week. Moving right along. We need to recognize our time. We need to recognize our time. The Bible says in Luke 12, to whom much is given, much is required. You thought Uncle Ben said that to Peter Parker. It's actually scripture. That's actually scripture. Luke chapter 12, Jesus said that. Ben must have been a godly guy. We need to recognize our time. Pastor, why on earth are you asking us to do this around Christmas time? 
Because A, people are thinking more in a giving way anyway. B, there are people who need a year-in opportunity to sow into, or else they're going to give it all to the taxes. And then C, there are people in our community of believers who know that they've got to offload some money and they still want to make a difference with it. Plus, a bunch of us wrote down in February what we want God to do through us, and there was an amount that we attached to that, and this is just another opportunity to do that. And here's the last reason. If you're going to be someone who redirects your attention to things that matter, which is this life to come, then Luke chapter 12 says, he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. This was my grandma in her orchard. Then they said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. One thing you could count on my grandma doing, when she got all that fruit, there was no way she could eat it all. She gave it away. She gave it away. She gave it away. Verse 19 says, I will say to myself, I have plenty of grain laid up for many years. I'm going to take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. At first glance, we would think this is a great message on, you know, creating a budget and getting a savings account. But look on, verse 20 says, but God said to him, you fool. You have, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And that's not saying a tipper towards God. You know, you, know, you give a tip to the waitress at the restaurant. Your, your bill costed this much, but you'll tip her or tip him. This is, he's saying, this is how it will be for whoever... Uh, stores up things for themselves, but not as, not as rich towards God, the Bible says. Notice what he's saying here. The person who says, my stuff, my surplus, he thought the extra was for him. He thought the extra was for him. And this is the way that Tyra and I have just decided we're going to live. We're going to be generous people. And what has happened over our lives is the more generous we have become, the more the garden increases. The more everything, because if God can get it through you, he can get it to you. So I have three simple thoughts as we close today. Number one, what am I asking you to do? Give yourself to God. Just give yourself to God. Don't cruise through the holidays. Don't just hit it on cruise control and slide through to the fast in January. And I say this every year, but have you cruised through the holidays? Because it gets really crazy this time of year. We got parties and we got things to go to, and then there's the shopping, and then there's the cooking, and you got to clean, you got to get ready. Either you got to get ready to receive people or go some, like it's just chaos. Don't cruise through the holidays. Give yourself to God. I heard it said that if you give yourself to God, all other giving is easy. It's easy. Amen.
Number two, view your life as one who is just passing through this world, not sticking around. And number three, since it's between you and God, and and God's the one who's blessed you with all of this, then just be intentional to hear, believe, and obey what the Lord is saying to you this week. That has been the theme of 2023 for Your Place Church. Hear, believe, and obey. And we're better together. What I'm asking you to do as the people who worship at Your Place Church is just be willing. Just be willing that if God would cause increase to come to you, you would sow it into his kingdom and what he's doing. Because if I can get you willing, if he can get you willing, I'm willing to do that. Your life will be different this time next year. Plus, every one of those stories from the Resource Center, every one of those stories from Conduit and One Hope, Every one of those churches that we're planting all over the nation, you have a part in them. And when you get to heaven, he's going to call you by your heavenly name. And he's going to say, well done. Well done. You didn't just live for the dot. You lived for eternity. Amen. Will you pray with me?